What's going on, Pirate Nation? Josh here along with my brother Jake. Jake, how's it going, man? Good, man. Can't complain over here. Uh, gearing up, baseball's about to start. Josh, you know, and the, and the viewers probably know from listening to us past couple episodes, baseball baseball takes it all for me. Dude. I, I love football and I love basketball, but there's something special about baseball. So definitely couldn't be any more excited for that to start back up. Yeah, I can't wait, man. Uh, thank you guys again for uh, if you're if you're listening, tuning into the Purple Ace podcast. I think this is episode thirteen. Um, man, thirteen episodes. This has been so, this has been fun, dude. It <laughs> yeah. feels like feels like you know we. I don't I don't know. It honestly feels like we've done even more than thirteen episodes. I feel like it, it's in a good way, you know, not in like a oh, it feels like we've done so much, but like I don't know. It's just it, doing this has given us an excuse to just dig in even more than we ever had before in ECU sports. And it's just, I feel like the information that we've, that we've, you know, the knowledge that we've gained uh, on ECU athletics over the past few months of doing this, like, I feel like mine has like tripled since beforehand. And I thought that it couldn't even get any higher, which is why we started this in the first place. So it's been really fun, man. Um, yeah. Um, but anyways, episode 13, thank you guys for listening. Um, today we're going to go over some football news. Um, Yes, CJ Johnson. We're going to go over the uh, transfers we'd have, we've had coming in, some potential targets we um, have heard some buzz about um, in the recruiting trail. Uh, we're going to go over basketball, whether you like it or not, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna do baseball too. We got some interesting stuff, so uh, stay tuned for that. That'll be at the end. So we'll do it in that order: football, basketball, baseball, and um, got a lot for you. The, really excited about this one. Um, Real quick before we jump in, if you haven't already, uh, give us a follow. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, we are at Purple Haze Pod, and on Instagram, we're uh, Purple Haze Podcast. Uh, you know, give us a follow, and um, you know, we put out stuff daily and and enjoy it a lot, and interacting with you guys on there too. So, yeah, give us a follow there. And uh, without further ado, let's get into it, man. Quick intro today. Uh, um, football biggest uh, news since the last episode. Uh, we no sense in making you guys wait for it has been CJ Johnson. Uh, CJ has been indefinitely suspended from the team, um, which to me seems like a, a death sentence as far as his career at ECU goes. Um, you know, he hasn't been, you know, it, it, it's, it's suspended indefinitely. Um, you know, I know in the releases that we've seen, there's, you know, some people have uh, in Houston's mentioned hope of him, you know, doing the things he needs to do, said he need, he knows what he needs to do to be back. But, uh, in my opinion, Jake, and you tell me, all indications seem to point to uh, you know CJ's time being done at ECU. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it's it's sad to see CJ Johnson has a ton of talent, and, and not saying that it's definitely definitely done, but it definitely seems like um, you know there's not much of a chance for him to be coming back and playing in the purple and gold next year. Um, it, I, the chances are definitely slim, slim to none. Yeah, it's a bummer, man. Uh, hometown kid played played with Holden in high school you almost thought it was just after his freshman year uh, you know it was a match made in heaven the, the talent that this cat is, kid has his athletic ability combined with his size you know we I, I think all of Pirate Nation probably did thought you know this is the next ECU receiver that's going to be in the league this kid is you know he, he looked to have the tools to you know surpass what Zay and, and Justin Hardy did maybe not in the total numbers if anything because he'd go to the league before he played out his four years but um, that's what I thought, at least anyways, that, you know, it was super high on him coming in and he did nothing but impress his freshman year. 
uh, ended the year with 908 yards receiving, four touchdowns and 54 receptions, man, and ha- had some really big plays, some really crazy games. Um, but I will say, man, you know, we don't want to speculate because we don't know, you know, uh, hasn't, we, there's no reason given. There's not going to be a reason given. Um, what I can, you know, speculate on is what was said by Mike Houston when he said the, something that stood out, stood out to me was that he said this was his last straw. Um, you know, he went a little too far this time, I think were his words. And, uh, that just indicates that it's been a recurring issue. It wasn't one big screw up that CJ had, you know, um, that, you know, got him, got him suspended indefinitely. It was a series of things. And I guess, you know, just, uh, you know, he, he, he messed up, went a little too far, got kicked off the team. Don't know what it was for. Um, you know, nobody I've talked to knows, but, uh, either way, Houston indicated, you know, to the media that it was a, you know, a, a series of events, uh, you know, ongoing issues. And, you know, we've known that CJ, just from watching on the field and, you know, you don't want to dig too deep into it, but we know, you know, that he, um, you know, he's had his flare up issues on the field, um, you know, struggle keeping his composure and, um, you know, it showed in the numbers, something that we can break down. And, you know, it, it last year and this year, like I said, freshman year, he, he had 908 yards receiving four touchdowns and 54 receptions over the last year, the COVID year, which I believe was nine games and this year, uh, TJ had 925 yards, seven touchdowns, but six were last year. He only had one this year and 54 receptions again. So he literally, you know, sliced his production in half over the past two years that we saw his freshman year. Um, and it's certainly not a talent issue. Um, you know, one, one thing that you would see is, and it's a problem with a, a lot of guys who, um, you know, struggle to keep their composure is, uh, that he disappears a lot in games. And, Jake, I know you've noticed this. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys like that, that, you, you know, if they're not the if they're not the primary target on the route or they're frustrated because they got missed, you know, they tune out. They they don't, um, you know, they don't they don't run good routes. They, you know, they, they're, they're lazy with their, um, you know, to, to keep repeating routes. But, yeah, lazy with their routes, don't run good routes because they're frustrated. And uh, for whatever reason, it seemed like that would happen to him at times. And, uh you know, just in general, to see regression like you've seen from him, you, you got the sense that there was something going on off the field, uh, and, and, you know, it was confirmed for us. So that's a real bummer, man. No, yeah, it's, it's definitely a bummer. It's definitely a bummer to see. I mean, you said, you know, you've covered everything that I would say on it. Um, the, the only thing I would add is that um, – and this isn't, you know, just a knock to see. This, this is just, uh, in, you know, in general – um, the, the culture in the locker room setting that Mike Houston uh, has, you know, instilled in Greenville in, in his few years that he's been here um, is just, it's just awesome, honestly, in such a short time. And I, I think it is uh, it's something to see, uh, to see that he, uh, you know, he, he's not willing to just let, let anyone mess it up, let, let alone, you know, if it was, it was, if it was a backup or, or a walk-on, but, you know, one of our highest profile players, um, you know, Mike Houston is, you know, he's, he's real, he's real serious about having the culture and having the locker room sorted out. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, a position of need too. Going into yeah. Here, so, yeah. um, you know, yeah, I, you know, you applaud Mike and his staff. We saw this last year, um, with Trent Holler as well, you know, maybe yeah. not high profile player CJ just because he didn't, hadn't played, but, 
Just you as know, talented, though. Prospect, Goodness yeah, gracious. A big prospect at another position need. And, you know, he, he was, uh, you know, he suspended from the team, too, and um, ended up at Marshall. But, yeah, man, it's just – it sucks. It sucks to see. Uh, you wish the best for him wherever he lands. Um, you, you know, would love to see – look, best-case scenario, I guess it's still a possibility still on the table as he turns it around and ends up back with the team. But, like I said, that tends to not be the case. Um and, you know, maybe, again, just further speculating, maybe maybe getting out of his hometown and um, not being the hometown hero and going elsewhere to play will, will be good for him. Who knows? I don't know. We don't know the situation, but you wish the best for him. It's a bummer, but, you know, we will be okay. Um, you know, this is still a really good team. Um, me and Jake were talking a bit beforehand, and, um, you know, going forward, it, it, it sucks, but it, it does make the blow uh, hurt a little bit less knowing that, one, we have the talent at the tight end position that we have. We have the talent at quarterback that we have, and we're going to have a dynamic run game that is going to be, in my in my opinion, believe it or not, significantly better than it even was this year, not because of the personnel in the backfield. That'll be the same. Um, but with the uh, improvement that we've made, tremendous improvement that we made along the O-line. Um, so, and, and, you know, we, we're you know going to talk about potential – guys that could be transferring in in a bit here, but, you know, we've already had guys like um, uh, J- Jalen Johnson transfer in. Um, and, uh, you know, we got Hatfield. Hopefully he's going to be healthy next year. And, um, you know, we got a lot of young talent in that room too before we even, you know, go over a potential transfer. So I think we're going to be okay. Um, you know, it's just it, – it still sucks. Uh, Jake, do you, do you think that he – it, you know, we, we both have pretty much said that we think that he's going to, you know, end up transferring. Where where do you see, you know, some potential landing spots? I know there's one that sticks out to both of us. Yeah, we've talked about it a little bit. Um, I think just with the off-the-field issue, not, you know, talent-wise, I think CJ can play in a lot of places. Um, but with some of the off-the-field stuff, I think it would be hard for him to uh, try to transfer up. Uh, so I think you're looking at more um, – I guess old CUSA. Now it's not, I don't even know what CUSA is anymore. Uh, but Sunbelt schools, I wouldn't be surprised to see if he does end up transferring, uh, move to Charlotte, Marshall. Um, you know, even I, I could even see him playing in some of the better, better schools in that conference, like at like a school like Coastal or something. But, um, you know, you know, any, any of those types of schools, I don't really see a move up you know, and staying in the power conferences if he doesn't stay here, just based off the, off the field stuff. So. But but Marshall Marshall was the first one that stuck out to me. I think it could be a position of need uh, if he did end up getting out. Um, he's super talented. I think he could do really well there if he did go. Yeah, um, yeah, like like you and and I believe they're I believe I believe their quarterbacks back too, or or they got a transfer, a good transfer, and I can't remember which one. Um, yeah, yeah, and then like you said, uh, you know, if he can get teams to feel comfortable with the off the field stuff, he's going to have a lot of people knocking the door down to get that. Guys like him don't really hit the um, transfer portal, you know, uh, often. So, um, you know, best of luck to CJ. We'll turn the page for now on that. And, you know, if we get any more news, we'll, we'll talk about that, obviously. But, uh, you know, moving on to uh, brighter topics, let's talk about uh, the two big men that came in this, this past uh, – over the past couple of weeks, man. Uh, Justin Redd and, and Ben Johnson, two big O-line transfers, interior offensive linemen. Ben, ben Johnson – 
um, you know, played a, a lot of tackle too, but um, thought, you know, he, he's probably going to play on the interior at ECU. Um, two big guys, man, really excited about these two guys. Uh, and first, first we'll talk about my guy, Justin Red. Um, Jake, you know I love this guy, man. <laughs> I, I love this guy. I texted Jake the other day, and I was like, Justin Red might end up being one of my favorite players. You can just, you can just tell with this kid. Um, that he loves the game. Uh, he, he transferred out of Norfolk State. He's a he's a huge kid, 6'5", 300 pounds. Um, and he's a monster, man. He's an FCS All-American, MEAC, Offensive Lineman of the Year. Um, it, it, the the second that he committed, he he seemed to um, he seemed to be bleeding purple, man. And I love that. Um, he he's interacted with us a few times online. Um, you know, he's, he's even interacting with some potential transfers coming in. Um, you know, he's really excited to get to work. That's, that's all you hear him talk about is ready to get to work, ready to get to work, ready to hit the weight room. Um, and I think that this guy's going to come in and plug in and start. He's got one year of eligibility left. I think he's going to come in and plug in and, and start at either left or probably right guard um, and be a force for us, man, especially in the run game. I'm, I'm excited for this kid. I, 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 Jake, you know, man, I haven't been able to stop talking about it. I'm excited about Justin Red. Yeah, um, dude, he's 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 spectacular. Um, coming in, he was his conference lineman of the year. Um, he's got good size. He's going to shift over to guard in the American. He's 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 ready to work. He's coming in with a chip on his shoulder. He's the, he's the exact type of player that we like here, um, you know, in Greenville. And and like Josh said, the thing that excites me most about him is that he's already recruiting guys um, to to play at ECU. I think I think Josh was asking me this earlier, and I misread his question. I thought he. For a second, I thought he was asking me a potential landing spot for CJ if he doesn't come back. Um, but uh, but uh, Justin Red is already um, recruiting guys to come. One of which is one of his former teammates, Isaiah Winstead, who uh, played at Norfolk State. Then he's played at Toledo the past two years. Um, he's in the portal now. Last season, he had 38 catches for 520 yards and a touchdown. And he's got a good size at 6'3", 215 pounds. Um so that's one guy we're looking at. Justin Red's playing a big, a big role there, and um, just a couple other guys that I know we've been in contact with in the portal. Uh, Champ Flemings from Oregon State. Yeah, he's had pretty consistent production the past few years, uh, and then James Burns from Miami, Ohio, are both guys we're looking at. They're smaller guys, really, really quick. James Burns is actually from Charlotte, so not to say um, CJ's definitely done here. Not to say that. Um, we don't have options already in the wide receiver room because we have a super talented room, like Josh said. Um, but just to let you guys know that, you know, regardless of what happens, it's not the end of the world. And we're, you know, we got a lot of options on the table. But yeah, back to Justin Red. I mean, how can you not be excited for him? Yeah. And no, and you, you crushed it there, man. I like that transition, by the way, going from Justin <laughs> Red recruiting to hitting with some of the recruits we got coming in. Okay. All right. I like it. And no, no, you were right. I was asking you before about CJ's. Okay. okay. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. Um, but yeah, man. Yeah. The one, uh, those guys that you listed um, as potential recruits, definitely keep an eye on those guys because they've been linked to ECU. Um, and I do expect us to add some guys to that wide receiver room, but two, yeah, Justin Red, man. No, I'm really excited. I just, I just like him. He's just a likable guy. Yeah. And uh, I'm really excited to have him in. He, he looks like he's going to come in and be an, an immediate impact guy. And, uh, and I'm excited, man. He's ready to compete. He had, he had a lot of offers. He had a lot of FCS offers and he had offers, um, you know, FBS offers too outside of ECU. Um, ECU is probably the highest profile offer he got, which honestly hats off to him too, because that shows he's not scared to come in and compete. 
Yeah. Um, you know, he, he is, he's confident in his ability and he wants to come in and compete. He doesn't want anything handed to him. And I think that that's exactly why Mike Houston uh, loved this kid and, and recruited him. And um, yeah, really excited for him. And uh, jumping over to the next big guy, Ben Johnson, man. Uh, O-line recruit out of Marist College. Uh, he's, he's 6'4", 300 pounds. Another huge dude. Uh, from what I've seen and read, he's an excellent pass blocker. Um, no slots in the run game either, and he's got. He, and Jake, you'll you'll touch on this, I'm sure. He's got insane strength, man. Dude, yeah, Ben Johnson, he, he's super strong. If you look, if you go over to his Twitter, um, there's a video of him bench pressing 225 pounds like 30 times. Uh, he squats 405 for sets of 10 uh, easily. He's 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 just some much needed strength uh, added, you know, to our line room. And he's another guy who had some who had some other you know, FBS offers who, who came in to ECU program, knowing that, um, you know, he's going to have to work for playing time and, and he's not scared to compete either. So I love to see these guys come in, um, you know, come in with a chip on their shoulder, ready to go. Um, but yeah, Justin Red and Ben Johnson, dude, that's, I mean, we just, we absolutely, we, we needed to go in and add uh, some guys to come in and play guard, you know, after losing a few of our guards last year and we did, we just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, um, Ben Johnson also, he's got two years left of eligibility, by the way, and he's also versatile. He's played tackle as well. Yeah, um, and, that, and that's another, we, yeah, they, they, can, they can both slide into tackle. Exactly. In, in a yeah. uh, they're big and athletic enough to do that, and uh, but we expect them both to play on the interior um, with Parker Moore coming in and um, Noah Henderson hopefully Parker healthy Moore. and good to go. I mean, look at just look at how this line looks, man. Look, and we, they, we it, talked and, about it. Go ahead. And it, well, I'm just – talking about the line Avery Jones um played really solid at center last year he had some games where he played yeah, outstanding really and he had, he had some games where he struggled a bit but that was his first year playing the position um switching over from guard so he's only going to get better right um, this 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 line is is quickly turning into a strength for this team mm-hmm. and Strother is going to be one of those guys competing to get one of those guard spots as well yeah um so and, I mean, and then Vander Vanderlyn Malibu yep. they're going to be healthy hopefully next year and then we got some young guys too Pierce um Everett we we're in a good spot <laughs> this is this is one of the first times I, I think ever that I've said that we have some some serious good depth at offensive line so yeah well I mean look anybody who's listened to the podcast since the beginning all year heard us talk about how you know even when our line was you know had its better games how you know the next step to becoming great is to um, becoming dominant in the in the trenches and I think Mike Houston uh what do you know he you know anything that we know he's known well before and uh he seemed to have that vision too, man. You think about the transfers that we got coming in along the D line and the O line. I mean, it's a whole new team in the trenches and in a good way. Um, I mean, losing three, three linemen, you would think that naturally the next year you're your line is, uh, you know, gonna, you know, take some, take a beating, but it's looking the complete opposite, man. It's looking like we're going to have a really good O line next year. Um, and we got depth there too. And the same on the defensive line, Chandra Mims coming in, Jack Powers. I mean, man, I'm excited. I'm excited. I've said from the start the different between the difference between good teams and great teams is the trenches, and uh, it just makes it makes it so much easier on your DBs on defense. It makes it so much easier on your running backs and your quarterbacks uh, on offense, and it's just makes you a dynamic football team, tough to deal with. So. Really, really, really excited there, man. Excited for this next season. Um, and, and a big welcome to Justin Redd and Ben Johnson and join the family, man. So excited for those guys. Um, that'll probably wrap up our football section 
uh, for this week. Um, like we've said before, you know, we're, I can't see us having an episode now um, until football season starts without us having at least a, a small football, um, you know, portion of the podcast just because there's always so much news coming in. such an exciting time. But uh, we'll, we'll move over to basketball. Um, not as exciting. <laughs> uh yeah i mean the horrible skid continues we we won um against tulsa uh you know down to the wire a, a, a bad tulsa team it was on the road but a bad tulsa team uh we were able to win 73 to 71 this week but prior to that we had gone zero and six since the emphatic memphis win we're one and six since then with the win over tulsa uh, 12 and 11 overall, three and eight in the league, which is abysmal. I mean, we knew that the league play wasn't going to be as easy as the non-conference play was, but I don't think anybody thought that it would take a turn that it has. Injuries have been a huge factor, man, um, and and that can't be overlooked, man. We, you know, losing Suggs clearly was a huge detriment to this team. You and me knew that. You know, a yeah. lot of people know that. We, you know, a lot of people love Suggs and knows know what he means to this team. Uh, you know, J.J. Miles being out, too. We never got Winston Tabs back, but, you know, we never had him in the first place. Um, you know, we had injuries. I think uh, – who, who else has been hurt, man? Um, Literally everyone. Well, yeah, a, a lot. A lot <laughs> we, were, we, were start, we were starting Vance Jackson at the three the other day. Yeah. Um, I think Frank was hurt for a little bit. Yeah. Um, that might have been before the skid started. But, you know, every, we were dealing with a ton of injuries. My, J.J.'s been out. Yeah, JJ's still out. Vermont's been, everyone's um, been. It's been rough, but still, I mean, losing the way we've been losing is just unacceptable. Yeah, uh, that 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 was going to be my next point, man. It goes further than that. the The injuries that we've had are bad, but they're not they're not bad enough for us to go on the skid that we have. And I think there's some serious underlying problems with this ECU basketball team um, that you know. And I'm not even can't we can't even take credit. Me and Jake were pretty high on the coaching staff, high on Dooley. Uh, we like Dooley. I'm not we're not sitting here crapping on him, but look, man, you you are what you are, and um, you know right now ECU isn't a good basketball team at all. And you know this was kind of one of those years where you're like, okay, you know, yeah, we got some new faces, but we got some guys that have been here too, and some talent. And there's no reason why we shouldn't be a competitive, you know, at least middling team in this conference. And we're not that since conference play started. We're right back at the bottom after a hot start. And I don't know, man. Um, you know the team the team seems to just uh, you know, be completely unable to find offense way too often, especially considering the talent that we have. Um, you know, the, the offensive possessions just look ugly a lot. Um, and, you know, a lot of that is on coaching, man. We, we talked about it in the UCF game. I put the, you know, I, I know Suggs went out and a lot of people were blaming the loss on that, but I put the entire loss on Dooley and his staff there. And, you know, I think a lot of the, the struggles that we've had, you can attribute the same way. Um, these guys just don't look prepared. They they look lost on offense a lot of the times. And like we said, there's too, they've shown too much talent to be doing that. Um, and, and, Jake, I don't know, man. What are you thinking right now just looking at Joe Dooley's future with this team? I mean, I hate that it's come to that. If you had three weeks ago, I would have not even thought, I would you know, said, what are you, are you crazy? But now, you know, that's yeah. where we're at. Um, you know, man, I honestly don't know. I uh... – I don't think it's really simple either way. I don't think there's a definite, you know, so, there's, there's Dooley fans and then there's people who think we should fire Dooley right now. I don't, I don't, I think there's an answer somewhere there in the gray area. Um, man, I don't know. I don't know. I, I definitely think in, in, you know, I go, uh, releases three things I think and three things I know. Um, 
earlier today. So, I, I mean, he said this better than I could. Uh, so I'll just take the words right from him. From him, He said, I know every time Joe Dooley leads his team on the court right now, it feels like he's coaching for his job. Um, and, you know, I mean, that's how it feels. I really think uh, depending on how we finish out this season and, you know, there's nothing to play for at this point in the season uh, in terms of playing postseason basketball. But, um, yeah, I just feel like, you know, every game is just an opportunity for him to, you know, make or break his future here. And I, I don't know. And, I, you know, like you said, like I like Joe Dooley you know, as a coach, um, and, and, you know, some people attribute it to, you know, we have talented players, uh, but, you know, we're, we're, we're lacking, you know, an outspoken leader, um, uh, like that. And, you know, that might be true, but at the end of the day, who's the person who, you know, who gets the players on the team. Right. So like, it, uh, it's just, it's a tough situation. I mean, I, I think Joe Dooley is a, a talented head coach, but uh, at the same time, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do going forward. You can't, <laughs> you can't lose six games in a row and then just expect, you know, ultimate job security. So I have no clue, man. I'm yeah, at a loss. He's had, a, he's had kind of a, a, you know, he's had a, he's had some seasons to. I know we've he's he's had to overcome a lot. I know the COVID season was especially tough on us, but it's just at a certain point, and and I'm not saying, yeah, you, you're right. There's no clear answer. You know, say we do fire him, well, who are we going to bring in? You know, and, and are yeah. we going to go into a rebuild again after you know having no success? I mean, it's just it's tough. Um, but what do you do? I mean, at a certain point, you are going to, if it doesn't improve, you are going to have to, you know, go with somebody else, and that'll be tough. Uh, you know, EC does not have a good basketball history. We're definitely not a basketball school by any means, but I think there is definitely room, you know, for us to be that. I, I, I do think that there is a spot for us in this state, you know, as a basketball program, and I just think that something's not clicking. And, uh, you know, it's hard to know that, that those decisions are going to be on John Gilbert and you know, the, the, you know, athletic department as a whole, but it's, it's definitely frustrating, man. I would love, love, love to be able to watch a good basketball. And we got teased with it earlier this year, but fell right back into what we had been. And again, you know, we know there's been injuries, but you know, everybody has, everybody has injuries. Yeah. And and we've looked just completely non-competitive way too often this year. Um, So yeah, frustrating there, but you know, we're not joining, either squad we're not joining the you know and it may be the you know easy way out but this is truly how we feel me and Jacob shown we're not afraid to make you know the bold you know put our bold opinions out there we just both truly uh you know don't have an opinion one way or the other on whether Joe Dooley should should go or should stay we're just kind of to be determined right now which is not a fun place to be but um you know hopefully we'll, we'll have a strong finish to the season maybe have something to build on going into next year um well, I will end bas- the basketball segment on a high note. Want to give Vance Jackson another shout out. He's he's been spectacular. Um, he he put the team on his back in that in that game against Tulsa late and made a fan you know just an amazing three point shot from the corner with 24 seconds left to to put us over Tulsa in a game that we desperately needed, but we we still desperately need more and um, we're going to need some other guys to step up in a big way to, to turn the season around late, um, you know, and have something to build on. Um, but that being said, we'll move on to, uh, to a segment that me and Jake are really excited about, man. It's so close. What is it? Eight days. Uh, next Friday's opening day, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, man. We're, we're recording this on a Thursday. So by the time you guys listen to this, uh, if you listen to it, when it drops tomorrow, it'll be a week away from opening day for the baseball team and uh gosh man i'm excited uh ecu sold out 
we talked about this last time on uh, on the last episode. Uh, you know that we had the two thousand uh, Godwin put down the two thousand season ticket goal, and we surpassed that and, and sold out season tickets. It's going to be an amazing year, man. Um, you can tell the excitement from football. Uh, you know, renewed excitement in, in ECU athletics as a whole is leaking into baseball because baseball has always been there. But, uh, you know, there's just more excitement from the fan base, which is awesome to see. Uh, opening series against Bryant uh, at home starting Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, you know, all afternoon games. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. Jake, how, how are you feeling? Dude, I am ready, dude. I cannot wait for ECU baseball to start. Um, and Bryant's a good Bryant's a good team, too. So that's going to be some fun baseball, you know, uh, it, the hardcore college baseball fans know know about Bryant, but you know, if you're if you're just kind of on the surface, or if you're just really getting into ECU baseball, uh, or just getting into college baseball in general these past few years, uh, Bryant's no joke. That's going to be a fun series um, to start the season off with. Yeah, man, I can't wait. And uh, me and Jake thought it would be fun to, uh, you know, neither one of us knows what what the other one put down. I'm sure it'll be similar, um, but me and Jake decided it was Jake's idea. Uh, to do a lineup prediction, um, it's probably a combination of what we think and what we would do. Um, obviously, yeah. we're going to trust Cliff Godwin. He's with these guys every day, so just speculation on our end, but we thought it would be fun for you guys if we gave you a preview. Now, neither one of us knows um, what the other one put, but we both put together a um, a lineup that uh, you know we think you might see early on in the year along with the, the positions. Uh, I didn't do anything with pitching, Jake. Did you? I mean, Wizen Hunt's going to be our No, yeah, I just kind of left that. We're going to have a lot of guys that do do a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this is more of just like an opening day, like first game lineup. Because we really, I mean, a program is as solid as ECU. We have so many talented guys who can really come in and play. But this is more of like Friday night, what we think we're going to see. Yeah. You want want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll I'll, I'll let you go first. I want to hear what you got. All right, leading off. Um, or actually, let, let's do let's do one for one. 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 So you say your lead off, I'll say my lead off. Okay. All right. Um, leading off, I've got Lane Hoover playing right field. Um, Lane Hoover, I, I like Lane Hoover a lot. Not not a lot of power in his bat, but he's he's a guy that gets on base a lot. You know, he was on absolute fire last year before he yeah. had the injury where you know he basically broke his face it was it was horrible to see man honestly shocked that he came back and, and played um still at a high level after that um yeah lane, lane hoover he uh he plays well defensively i think he would he, you know he's he's great at getting the ball down um button the ball which um is huge for cliff godwin's team uh last year he his stats i think he ended the year batting like 252 uh, on base percentage 376, OPS 658. But, um, you know, and, and like I said, you know, not a lot of home runs or extra base hits, but this is a guy that can get on base. He was um, playing really, really at a really high level um, last year before the injury. Um, I, I think he's a junior. He's got experience in the program. Uh, you know, he's a guy that's got Cliff Godwin's trust, and I can see Godwin going with him uh, early on in the year to, to lead off this team. Yeah, no, I absolutely um, – he was definitely I, – I see a ton of different leadoffs on this team, which is really exciting. And there, there's a lot of guys who have leadoff experience um, on this team. Um, he was definitely one of the guys I thought about. I went with a, a bit of a different approach. I'm expecting Zach Agnos to lead off. Okay, um, all right. Because uh, late in the year – or not late in the year, about halfway through the year, Connor Norby started leading off. 
um, hitting really well, you know, starting the game off that way. He's got some speed too. Um, you know, I, I just, I think Agnos is a similar solid hitter. I think he's really going to take a big jump this year. About a 269 last year, 401 on base percentage, 438 slugging percentage. I'm expecting a little bit more power this year. Um, but regardless, you know, he always has good at-bats. Uh, you know, Agnos is just, you know, a super good hitter, really smart hitter, and I'm, I'm expecting a huge year from him. So, yeah, I got I got Agnos leading off playing uh, second base first ah, the season. There you I go. Was, was saving was, that one. I wanted to see how, how you thought excited. about that. Yeah, I like I, um, it, man. We have, we have a lot of super talented guys who can play all over the place. Uh, but I'm, I think Friday night, Agnes is going to be starting his second. Yeah, you're going to see a lot of guys moving around. That, that was what the hardest thing was for me. It wasn't really yeah. putting together a lineup with these guys. It was figuring out what, what, who's going to play where. Play. Um, you know, we'll get even more into that later with guys who can really play a lot of different positions. But yeah, Zach Agnos, um, he's a stud. And I, you know what? I'm so we can we'll, we'll kind of play by ear who goes first and who goes second with these. We don't have to do it back and forth. But I'm going to jump and go to my second as well. Because hitting in the two hole, I had Zach Agnos, um, and I was not as creative as you and stuck him at third, um, which you played really well last year. Um, yeah, just to not be repetitive, but Zach Zach showed a, a a lot of improvement, especially as the year went on with his bat, had some big hits and some big moments, um, and, and I think that you'll see a, a jump in his power and his consistency this year, uh, and I think he'll definitely be a guy that's in that top three probably for the majority of the year hitting. I think he's just uh, – he's going to have a big year. I'm excited about Zach Agnos, man. Jake, who, who do you got uh, um, in the two-hole? Um, second, I have uh, Josh Moylan playing first base. Hmm. Josh Moylan is being talked about all over the country right now, about a 310 last year. Um, only six home runs with a 402 on base percentage. You know, a true freshman playing against some really tough competition, but he still played, I mean, really well. Hit an absolute nuke off Jack Leiter in the Super Regionals. Um, so I'm expecting Josh Moylan to have, you know, more. The, the, I don't even think this is necessarily a hot take. I'm expecting Josh Moylan to at least double his home runs from last year. So I'm expecting at least 12 home runs from Josh Moylan. Uh, he's going to be a staple of our lineup, probably our best hitter overall. Um, so, yeah, I got him batting second, playing first base. Man, I was going to do the same thing. I was going to let you go ahead and give me your two and three hole hitter, but your two hole hitter was one <laughs> yeah, I figured my three it, I figured, hole hitter. I figured it, yeah. <laughs> I got Moylan the three hole. Yeah, I, I just love him. Uh, I, I think he's I think he's going to be the best hitter on the team. Like Jake said, uh, I think um, he was already arguably, you know, we had Norby, but, he, you know, he was up there last year. And, I, you know, as a true freshman, I think that um, we're going to see a significant jump in power. Yeah, I'd be willing to make a bet that he hits at least 12 bombs this year, barring injury. Um I, I uh, really liked how he, he showed up later as the year went on, too. He was, uh, like we said, a true freshman. He got to play in some big moments, hit a home run off of Jack Leiter in the um, Super Regional. So uh, really excited for him, man. I think that he's going to be a, a big, big part of this team, man, and I, I'm really excited. Um, Jake, who do you got in the three-hole, man? Three-hole, I got AMAC uh, starting at third base. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I struggled with this. There's a lot of guys I could have put here, but AMAC was – you know, one of our most consistent hitters last year. It wasn't necessarily always a full-time starter, but he, he played a lot, 179 at-bats, batted 291, uh, six bombs with a 354 in base percentage. He's just a pure hitter. The moment's never never too big for him. Um, he, you know, it seemed like every time we needed a clutch clutch hit, he was either hitting a double or a home run. So, you know, I got him right at the top of the order again, uh, starting at third base in the first game. I like that, and I like him playing third, too. He's one of those guys that can play all over. 
Um, you're going to see him play outfield and third base, I'm sure, this year. Um, me and Jake even even flirted with the idea of him coming in and playing second base in the offseason. <laughs> we had talked about this some. So, um, yeah, yeah AMAC, uh, you, you said it perfectly because I was going to say it. He's one of those guys that he's just – Every team has – if you're a good team, you got a few of those guys, which we usually do. But he's one of those guys that when he's batting, you're just like – you're almost – it almost feels like the guy's hitting 700. You're just like how – this guy gets a hit every single time he's up, and he's got pop in his bat too. Um, yeah, like AMAC a lot, and just a pure hitter. Um, who who do you have uh, – who do you got in the four-hole, man? Four-hole, I got Bryson Worrell playing center field. Um, I can see Bryson hitting all over this order. He started the season out hitting first last year. Um, he was going through a bit of a slump, uh, so he, he ended up moving all around. But I got him starting the season in the four hole. He's got, you know, tremendous power, tremendous speed combo. He's really I, – I see so much of Tyler O'Neill in him, um, you know, from the left fielder for the St. Louis Cardinals. Right. Just, the, you know, the fastest guy on the team, the strongest guy on the team. Uh, he's – dude, when, he, when he's on, he's on. And I'm, I'm expecting a huge year from him too. Yeah, I, I, I had a feeling you were going that way with it. Um, I've got Worrell in the four hole um, playing center field. So, um, yeah, I got Hoover, Agnos, Moylan, Worrell, which is just sweet. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Worrell, I, I, same. I, last year I was expecting a massive year from him. I thought he was going to be the, the guy last year. Uh, and I didn't even – I thought he was going to end up getting drafted. And, you know, he, he ended up, like you said, having a slump last year. You know, he was kind of all over the place as far as in the lineup goes. He ended, you know, with two – you know, nine home runs, hitting 262, 490 slugging percentage. Um, I think he's going to have a bounce-back year. Not that he had a bad year last year, but I think for his standards, he's going to uh, – he's going to really cement himself as one of the premier players in this conference, let alone this team. And I think that he is uh, – you're going to see – you know, he's got he's got raw power too, and I think that you're going to see that this year too. Uh, excited – you know, obviously it would have been awesome for him to get drafted, but I'm, all, I'm, you know, selfishly excited we get to see him come back this year. And I think he's going to um, – I think it's going to pay off for him because I think we're going to see him get drafted next year after, after a big year this year. Like you said, the traits that he has are just – um, really special like that guy a lot um so we've gone through that was he your three hole or four 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 yeah okay so we're, we're at four hole and four hole yeah because you had a mac third okay well i'll jump to five then for me i had a mac hitting fifth um nice. i had him dh and um like we said who knows <laughs> that was that was tough for me i was kind of jumping back and forth um with him playing you know in the outfielder dh and i even thought about him at third but i ended up leaving zach agnos where he was so um yeah amac don't need to expand on it anymore jake really really hit the uh nail on the head there but uh amac dh in the five hole after Worrell. i just think man think about that power agnos moylan Worrell, amac um you know if lane hoover can have a have a solid on base percentage this year we're gonna have a lot of runs because he's an excellent base runner so um as is agnos too so um yeah, I just think that there's a lot of potential for early runs in in this lineup, especially the you know those guys. Except for Moylan's, really only got one year under his belt, but you almost don't count him as a guy with one year under his belt with how much talent he has and um, the experience he gained last year. Um, just a lot of a lot of seasoned guys at the top of that lineup. I think you're going to see uh, see a lot of runs scored. Um, who do you got there, man? Who you got um, in the five hole? Uh, in the five hole, I got Riley Johnson and playing right field. Um, you know, he's a guy who's been one of the first guys off the bench uh, recently for ECU. He's really, he really can do it all. I mean, he hits for contact. Uh, he's got power. Um, you know, he's got tremendous speed. He's still eight bases, you know, coming off the bench last year. And, and he's good in the field, too. So I got Riley Johnson coming in 
coming in hitting there. He uh he hit 261 last year with a 363 on base percentage and a 449 slugging percentage. Um and you know with getting everyday playing time, I'm expecting those numbers to shoot up too. But I'm I'm really excited. Um, I'm sure you guys all know if you've been following ECU baseball about Riley Johnson. Uh, but if you don't, now you do because uh, he's gonna he's gonna come in this year and have a huge impact. Yeah, I had Riley Johnson in the six hole right after a Mac in the five hole. I had him playing left field. Um, yeah, I like Riley Johnson a lot, man. Liked liked what he showed. Um, you know the talents there, and I think you could see a jump from him. You know, there's always those guys that uh, some people you know feel like come you know kind of out of the blue with ECU and then have a breakout year. Um, we saw Riley flash last year, and I think this year that he could be that. Um, so I don't blame you at all for putting him in five hole, item in six hole. Um, yeah, I like Riley Johnson a lot and like the potential with him there. Uh, who you got in the six hole? Six hole, I got Lane Hoover playing left field. Um, what, I, what I love about Lane is that I could see him hitting anywhere uh, one, two, six, seven, eight, or nine. And, you know, that's not, you know, hitting eighth or ninth on this team is not a knock at all. Uh, right. We got good, good hitters all over the place, but. Like you said, Lane Hoover was on an absolute tear, um, you know, before he had that injury. Still ended up having a solid year, 382 on base percentage. Uh, you know, not not a ton of pop, but he, he puts the ball in play a ton. He does not strike out at all. He struck out uh, 15 times um, last year. And, and he, he didn't play the full year, but he, he played a lot enough to have a like a probably 10% strikeout percentage. So he's, he's always putting the ball in play. I uh, really like him hitting in the sixth hole. He's got good speed. Like you said, a really good base runner. Um, just kind of balances this uh, this order out. So I got him hitting six, playing left field. Nice, man. Nice. Yeah, I had him left too, yeah. Um, man, in the seven hole, I, this is a guy that I love. Um, guy that I see a lot of potential in to really be really be a special player behind the plate, Ben Newton mm. um, catching. Uh, I think that Ben Newton is uh, – I, I think he showed some, some serious um, ability at the plate last year. Um, he, he uh, you know, he, he had uh, he had 80 at-bats, uh, and he played he played some good catcher behind the plate when he was in, uh, behind Seth Cadell. Um, but he got a lot of playing time, uh, hit uh, 325, um, you know, 451 on-base percentage, OPS at 889. He, he, um, he only hit one home run, um, you know, but he had six doubles, um, and, and he's just uh, – He's just a guy that, uh, you know, he. I think he struck out, what, he strike out 22 times, walked 15 times. So I think he's just a guy that can be really consistent for you at the plate, um, which is really, really valuable from the catcher position. And uh, I, I like Ben Newton a lot. I think we talked about this a, a few podcasts ago. Um, but I think Ben Newton is a guy that, uh, you know, he's going to be a vital piece of the CCU team. And, you know, he's one of those guys that's going to be the, a determiner of how good this team is. Yeah, no, yeah, Ben Newton, Ben Newton's awesome. Um, I got him coming up soon, but right before I got him uh, hitting seventh, Josh, I don't know if this might surprise you a little bit. I got freshman Ryan McChrystal. No, oh. uh, yeah, don't don't be surprised uh, to hear him making a huge impact. D one baseball listed him as the third best impact freshman in the American Conference heading into the season. Uh, this dude can hit, man. Uh, he holds a over four hundred batting average all throughout high school. Um, he's a really solid player, team captain in high school, and he's he's just a pure hitter. So um, I'm, you know, I might be going out on a whim there, but I I see him. Uh, that, I guess that'll be my hot take. Seeing Ryan McChrystal DH in, um, okay, you know, first for, on Friday night, first game of the season. All right, wow, there it is. There's the hot take, man, and uh, wow, that'd be awesome. That'd be sweet. Yeah, you're. I that is a surprise to me. I didn't have him 
Um, but man, would that be awesome? And you know that, uh, you know, um, Coach Godwin likes to get these young guys in. Um, you know, he he is not afraid to play the young guys if he thinks they're deserving. So that that yeah, that's a heck of a that's a heck of a slot there. Um, was that your seven hole or eight hole? No seven. Seven hole. Okay. Um, in the eight hole, I had playing second base. I had Joey Barini. Nice. Um, yeah, I had Joey Barini playing second base. Um, you know, I liked what I know you like Joey Barini. I liked what I saw from him. Um, last year when he came into play, uh, you know, second base is going to be one of those positions. I think you're going to see, um, you know, guys get moved around a lot. Um, Joey Barini, he was a true, was he, he was a true freshman last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, true, he's freshman. true freshman last year. Um, you know, he, he d- didn't get a, he didn't get a ton of playing time. Um, I think he, he had like 16 plate appearances or something like that. Um, you know, so not a lot of numbers to really go off of, but uh, the talent's there. He's been somebody that since coming in, Jake's been talking about as a kid that could really be um, a difference maker going forward. So, uh, yeah, I got Joey Barini going in at second base, um, you know, to, to start the year, um, but not, not super confidently just because, you know, uh, a yeah. lot of different things can shift around there. Who do you got in the eight hole, man? Uh, in the eight hole, I got Ben Newton uh, catching. I think Ben Newton is really good and I could see him hitting you know, at the top of the order, too. I, I, I've i thought about putting him third, uh, but I, th- I think he fits well anywhere. Have him hitting in the eighth hole. I think he he's, uh, you know, a really stable bat. I'd like to see him flash a little bit more power this year, um, which I'm expecting with more regular at-bats. Um, but, yeah, I got, you know, pretty much the same feelings about you, about uh, that you have about Ben Newton. He's just great hitter, really good on the plate. Batted 325 last year, uh, 451 on base percentage. So, for your backup catcher, that's not pretty bad. And, you know, with the transition to the starting lineup, I'm expecting some big things from Newton this year. Yeah, and it was nice to see him get a lot of playing time last year. I think that was smart. Uh, of You know, obviously the backup catcher is probably always going to get a good amount of playing time. But when we had somebody as good as Seth Cadell, um, it was still nice to see Godwin have the foresight to get Ben Newton in a lot, knowing that he was going to be the guy this year. Um, one more thing I wanted to touch on real quick with Joey Brini, by the way, that I forgot to mention. He played in the Coastal Plain League this summer. And, and um he actually played really well, man. He hit 290, um, 363 on base percentage, um, over 80 plate appearances. So he was consistent, um, and, and he had a good summer. So that's another reason why I decided to go with him. Didn't strike out a lot either. So yeah, um, and I just wanted to touch on that. I, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you, you said this earlier, but I, I think Joey's super talented. I can definitely I, – I don't have him starting opening night just because I think Godwin's going to switch it up a little bit and have Agnos playing second. That'd be exciting. Uh, but I, I, I think Joey's going to play a ton at second this year. I could definitely see him um, by the time conference play rolls around holding down second base as a starter. I mean, he's a guy that we relied on a lot last year. Uh, you know, had a big hit in RBI against Charlotte in the regional. Then he had uh, – two pinch hit appearances in the super regional against Vanderbilt. So, I mean, he's been the big moments already just as a true freshman. And, um, you know, regardless of what happens on opening night, I think he's got a huge opportunity for playing this year. Yeah. Also, as a guy that plays middle infield and you're going to probably see an expanded role from, uh, um, Ryder Giles on the mound uh, yeah. this year. So a guy that's going to get some late appearances too, a lot of pinch hit appearances too, if he's not starting. So, um, but yeah, uh, and and then to round out the the order, um, I think I'm sure we got the same thing here. Ryder Giles, um, maybe we don't. Yeah, but uh, no, okay. I'm just, yeah, <laughs> I got I got, I got Ryder too soon. But yeah, Ryder yeah. Giles, I got him playing short. Um, 
yeah, I mean, Ryder Giles defensively is just spectacular. He's a, a leader of that defense, um, you know, and he's, uh, you know, at the plate he's got his limitations, but that's not his game. Um, that's why I got him in the nine hole. But he, he's come through in some big moments too. Uh, he's capable. It would be exciting to see him take a jump at the plate too, but just a spectacular defender. Yeah, I mean, when it, when it comes to playing defense at shortstop, it doesn't get much better than Ryder Giles. Um, like you said, He's in the lineup for his glove, not his bat, but he can still do some things um, offensively. He can he can handle the bat pretty well, and um, who knows, man? Turner Brown's fourth year playing shortstop in the, uh, you know, in the purple and gold. He ended up batting two ninety four with a three eighty seven on base percentage. So, you know, may, maybe Ryder's due for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll see. But no, yep. yeah, Ryder right, right rounding out the lineup, a super solid lineup. Uh, look, looks like a, a top eight lineup in the country to me. But uh, that's just me. Yeah, man. And I don't know if I'm putting you on the spot here or not. Um, if you got to prepare, um, I'll go first with it. I, I had, um, I just put some, some impact players that I think, um, for this upcoming year, I just got three guys. Um, there are, you know, three guys that we listed. Um, and, and these aren't necessarily the guys that I think, you know, this is not who I'm saying are going to be the three best guys for the team this year. Um, but three guys that I think play this year is going to have a serious impact on how good this team is. Um, so meaning if these guys have, you know, average to down years, I think the team could really struggle. Um, but if they have good years, I think they could propel this team, um, you know, into being, into being, you know, a top eight team at the end of the year, hosting a super regional. Um, first off, I got Zach Agnos, um, pretty basic pick there, you know, considering he's one of the best players on this team coming in. But I just think that if Zach Agnos takes that jump, um, to playing at an elite level all year. I think that you're going to see him um, not only be a staple in this lineup, but, um, you know, be somebody that, uh, you know, the, the team can can rely on to, you know, be be the team's, you know, um, you know Norby from last year or, or um, you know, somebody of that nature. So I, I – or Brian Packard, you know, some somebody like that who, who just takes a leap into him to becoming a superstar. I think he's got that potential, and I think that that would be huge for us this year. Um, I also got Worrell. Uh, I think Worrell is going to um, have a major impact, his production this year, on, uh, you know, how high this team's ceiling is. Uh, needs to have a bounce-back year from last year, but we do expect him to do that. He has all the traits and ability to do that. And then another guy that got uh, is Ben Newton. Um, you know, the catcher position is always – you know, he's coming in, he's going to be the starter at catcher this year. Wasn't last year. Um, he's got a lot of talent, and I think that if he plays at a high level and his bat, you know, is consistent this year, uh, that would just add a, a, another um, dynamic piece to this offense, let alone defense. I expect him to be great defensively, but uh, another piece of this offense um, that, that can really, really propel this team. Yeah. No, those, those guys are definitely going to um, be huge impact players for us. And, you know, I can say the same about all of them. I'm going to add three. Uh, three more um, because yeah. you know I I can say the same thing about all those guys they're they're super important but the re- reality of it is when you have a team this good you got a lot of impact players um, so I'm gonna go first Josh Moylan uh, yeah. we're we're losing a ton of power at the top of the order Norby had 15 home runs last year Francisco had 13 Cadell had 13 um, you know our next highest on the team is nine uh, from Bryson Worrell so we're gonna need somebody to step up. Um, you know, hit some jacks for us. And I really think Josh Mullen's going to be, I, I think there's going to be multiple guys to do that, but I think uh, Josh Mullen's going to be one of those guys leading the way. Um, my next guy, I'm, I'm switching over to pitching. Uh, we haven't talked about him 
uh, right now because he's not going to most likely be starting on Friday night. But Jay Kuchmaner, um, you know, if he can get back ah. to if he can get back to his 2019 2020 self, um, that's that's going to be crucial for this team to have that one two punch uh, with Wiz and Hunt and Kuchmaner because I mean we already know Wiz and Hunt's you know a projected first round pick. Kuchmaner was one of the best uh, pitchers in college baseball for that year, two year span. So um, he's been doing a lot of work this offseason. He's been getting his fastball velocity up, getting his confidence back up. And I'm expecting a huge year um, from him. And then another pitcher, I'll, I'll, I'll go back, um, back into the bullpen. Uh, Mayhew's slated for a huge role this year. He was huge for us last year. Um, you know, but we lost Bridges. We lost Cole Moore. Uh, we're going to need, um, you know, some other guys to step up too, but I'm, um, you know, if CJ Mayhew has a dominant year, which I'm expecting him to, uh, that's going to help out a lot because there's a lot of talent in this bullpen. Uh, some of it proven, some of it unproven. Um, but, you know, if CJ Mayhew can lock it down and hold it down. Uh, we, you know, we're set up for a good year. Yeah, Kuchmaner might be the the my favorite, actually, out of those six that, that we named there as far as just the guy who is, you know, his year is really going to determine how, how high this team's feeling is. That was a great pick, man. Appreciate um, it. And, um, yeah, go ahead. Just one more thing about the baseball team. This doesn't have anything to do with the, you know, opening day lineup or anything, but I saw it today. My friend actually showed it to me. So uh, this is mainly I really wanted to share it with Josh, but anyone listening, um, D1 Baseball today, uh, this says ESPN Networks announced 2,200-plus college baseball games for 2022 season. Um, 21 of the top 25 preseason-ranked teams um, are getting games on the ESPN Networks. Uh, 12 out of the top 13 ranked teams are getting games on the ESPN networks. You want to know which one isn't? Wow. Who? The ECU Pirates. Yeah, of course. I, I don't know how, I don't know how you can do that. Sorry if I made you pissed off, but I mean, that's it. You know, if they don't, if they don't know how good we are now, they're going to know soon. I yeah. Mean, I mean, it, it, what else is new? The, the ultimate, uh, you know, that's what makes us us. You know, that's what makes ECU ECU is just, um, you know, being being not getting the credit we deserve and, and having to play with a chip on our shoulder. But um, that just adds fuel to the fire, man. Um, and, and, you know, you know, these guys are as much as Godwin wants to say it's just noise. And it is noise. He's right. Um, but, you know, that that's got it. You know, they, they see that and that's got to add a chip on their shoulders. So, um, yeah, super excited, man. One week away by the time y'all are hearing this. Um, for opening day of Bryant, uh, you know, should be a packed house, which is awesome. Uh, should be an amazing atmosphere all year. Y'all got to go try to go to as many ECU baseball games as, as you can this year, not just for the team, but for you, man, because it is fun, especially if you haven't been, man, y'all got to go, um, play, you know, watching those guys play at Clark LeClaire is just one of my favorite things to do. I know me and Jake are going to be going to a ton. Jake will be going to a ton cause he's at yeah. you, um, yeah. but I'll be going to as many as I can this year, man. Um, and I'm just so excited. Um, but, yeah, man, that's that's what we got for today. Um, hope you all enjoyed it, man. Thank you guys for listening. Um, you know, we really appreciate the support. It's It's been so much fun. Uh, makes it even that much more fun uh, to know that, you know, so many of you guys are listening and enjoying it and interacting with us. So, yeah, thanks again. And, uh, you know, what, by the time we're recording a, another podcast, uh, hopefully we'll be coming off in uh, a, 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 a sweep to open the year against Brian at home. So, yeah, without further ado, man, go Pirates, and uh, we'll see you guys back in, in about a week or so.